You are listening to the Heart of Tradition podcast. All right, the subtitle today is uh, The Danger of All Plastics and Plastic Exposure. This is just a quick one because we just did a podcast on plastics, but um, there is uh, definitely some, we went, I think we went over um, obesogens, yeah, that was the term, which caused weight gain coming through the plastics. Uh, They they influence the immune system, and sometimes that immune system is influenced over time, and sometimes your genetics can keep you okay from that influence until you're 30 or 40 or whatever it is, and then something starts changing. So the hormonal system starts to have less, you know, the genetics are covering less, and you got to face the music, I guess you could say. Um, so, um, or at least they're not just fully protecting you anymore. And um, so... Um, yeah, this whole notion, there's a notion that sand is running out, there's no way that we could provide glass anyway, and all this kind of stuff, it's all nonsense, any geologist knows that, that that's ridiculous, you know, sand needs of the whole entire world wouldn't even cover Arkansas, the state of Arkansas, you know, it's it's just a ridiculous um, position, geologically speaking, uh, and those who know minerals and, and mountain ranges and all the places that we get stone and sandstone and all the different things. So that's ridiculous. It's a bit like saying, you know, we're running out of earth or something. And, um, so that's not a, that's not an issue. Um, but the plastics, you know, they find this, these microplastics, which are everywhere, right? So they go into all these different areas of our lives and then they break down into little microplastics with <clears throat> through heat and through exposure and through halogen and oxygen and all these other things. They end up becoming little smaller, smaller pieces. And then we take them in, we take them in through breathing also for, through food, mostly through that channel, you know, that type of contact. Um, skin, yep, all this stuff in plastic that we put on our skin, um, you know, and we just don't see any consequences. It's no big deal, right? Nah, it's not going to do anything. So what happens is these, these plastics, these, these abesogens is what they call endocrine disruptors. That's the word they give them. So these things do go around and they do stick to parts of the body and fat cells and they attach. And so they need to be removed. And if they're not, they kind of gang up over time into their own tissue, meaning they just become their own entity. You know, that, that gut the guy has walking around, you know, that layer of fat, you know, the more it's exposed, the more that those little pieces kind of sparkle it all up. And then that becomes its own endocrine tissue. Um, the fat will become its own endocrine tissue regardless. Um, if there's a lot of it, um, but you add to that the endocrine disruptors and plastics and microplastics, then you have a false endocrine system active there. So mimickers and, you know, fake estrogen and well blocking too, like blocking the actual ports or receptors where we would actually have the right type of hormone being delivered. And so this is also, that's why they call it a disruptor because it's basically disrupting the actual delivery of the right hormone. And so we can't figure this stuff out. And then we get, you know, our thyroids go out and all this stuff. We don't ever think about the water 
the fluoride in the water mixed with the plastics and all these little things that are just going there all the time, touching this, this, you know, and so limiting our exposure is so key because then you can get away from it to some degree if you get it down to a very small threshold. And it doesn't mean you have to go crazy and like do everything, you know, change your whole life. But like you just have to be um, observant and, and, and see what you're doing with stuff. You know, like there are certain things which are unavoidable. Um, and then there's a lot of things that are avoidable. <laughs> so it's just basically there in that domain where you want to watch out, where you can do something, where you do have power. So that's like when you buy things, you know, if nobody buys glass anymore because they think it's like a dinosaur and different and not like everything else and all that, or maybe they'll break it and all this kind of like stuff, then glass will disappear. And so it's almost better to find a way to make these things work than to just do everything based on what I could call maybe some sort of slight convenience. It's not real convenience because, you know, having a gym you know, a bottle of glass in your gym bag and doing that after gym or whatever. And the plastic is like lightly more convenient, but we're not going to give up the world on a light convenience. <laughs> there has to be a little bit of, um, you know, uh, education around these things and the importance of it. Like just kind of like keep that shit away from me. You know what I mean? Like I don't want it, you know, or, or especially when it comes to certain things, like for me, like, I'm pretty picky on, you know, water, for example, but, um, you know, there's other areas which, you know, you may, I, you know, I let go too. I'm not going to like trip because my ice cream is sold in a container that has, you know, BPA lining. Like I probably won't, but then again, I barely eat ice cream. And to be honest with you, when I did eat ice cream a lot, I gained a lot of weight and it wasn't just, I, I'm not going to just blame the, <laughs> the plasticizer. It could also be the ice cream. But definitely, there's things that can be let go of and reduced and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, what else did I want to get into here? Yeah, the danger of plastics. And the green plastics are even worse, right? So the green plastics are like, they're touted now. Like all the plastic people are like, look, we have this bamboo and rice paper plastic and, you know, potato starch. And, you know, they have all these these cool terms for everything, but what they don't realize most of them and you know, is that they already went down the plastic paradigm, never fought for this value at all. Um, and then on top of that, they, I mean, it's all uh, monetary, like it's all lucrative. It's not like, and I'm not against money. I'm just saying the only way reason that they made the choice to not go glass from the very beginning was 80%, maybe 20% practical. You don't want to break stuff and stuff like that. That can be set up, though. That doesn't have to be, a, you know, but 80% of those choices that are made are all economical. Now, economical choices are good um, when there's content behind them, meaning you make an economical con choice, but you have principles first. If you just make a choice based only on economics like this, the only reason we're doing it is just because of this reason, like then there's usually a loss in quality content there's damage, there's other things that happen to the quality of the product, right? Like a milk producer, right? So he could say, well, to make more money, I could skim, the, I could do skim milk and then sell the cream, you know, and have two products, you know? And it's like, yeah, he could. And so that's purely economical. Um, and, but he ends up creating damage on one side and 
uh, cheaper milk. And, and so over, over long term, it, it's not a winning strategy. So the, the people that do the best actually have just the raw milk and then that just explodes their business, you know? So it looks tempting for a second to split and stuff. So this is just the plastic argument all over again with, uh, you know, put the lipstick on the pig thing, you know, here we go. Now you've got plastic. So how come you validate it? Well, we use glastic or we use uh, bioplastics, um, you know, and then it turns out that the structural level, there's a lack of structure in those, those elements like the potato flour, corn flour, corn starch, or whatever these things that are using to make them ligands and stuff. Those elements are not strong enough. They're not, they don't have enough structure themselves. Then even the traditional plastics made from petroleum. So what happens is in order to make up for that lack of integrity, they use more plasticizers in those products. And the plasticizers like BPA and BPS and all this stuff, like those are what we're, those are the worst part of the exposure anyway. So you're actually getting more of the bad stuff with that. And, you know, and it's just pretending to be good, but it's actually even more leachable. I mean, there's some good to it, I guess, because you're not using petroleum, you know, or whatever. But like, you know, it's almost like the, the ethanol for the car. It can work. It does work. And um, it can, for many different situations, it, it can work. But gasoline is much stronger for the car. It just works better. So it's one of those things that it sucks, but there's the truth there. Like it just works better. It's, it's a, it gives you more, you know, power. And so there's little things that we can't just get around just because we want to go a certain direction. There's some, there's some hard lines there. But anyway, if that can help, just trying to get people off of this, this trip and back to plastic, uh, back, I mean, sorry, <laughs> back to glass. There's no going back to plastic because we're surrounded by it. So going back to glass and, you know, demanding that of your environment and that becoming more popular and people realizing it's important. In France, the word endocrine disruptor is very well known. It's like, you know, the president on down to the politicians, they've all mentioned it many times here. Nope. You don't hear anything about it. So, and who's got all the obesity? Yep. That's here. And what do they call endocrine disruptors? Obesogens. So and that's, I'm not making this shit up. So anyway, hopefully we can break through and find some sense here. And especially when it comes to magnesium, which is what we sell, but never contaminate magnesium with plastic because it just, it beads up on the edge of the molecule. I mean, just like anything, it's always, it's not like anything is inert like that, you know, like that's why there's a taste with the olive oil when you taste it. And that's why the olive oil producers went back to the glass because the taste, you can taste it. So if you're tasting something, it's in there. So you don't have to say, is it in the magnesium? No, it's inert. Everything's perfectly different. And no, it isn't. It's all in there and it messes up everything. And it even messes up the preemption, like the expiration date and all that stuff. That's one of the reasons they went back to glass. So um, some of the olive oil producers, but anyway, so you can't get around the truth of this. And so we can just kind of run over it for a while, but the endocrine system will eventually you know, it's already happening. Like we, we're, you know, we're, we're taking a lot of medication for these glands now because we can't figure out what's happening. 
So anyway, do your best and uh, come check us out at theheartoftradition.com.